Hello everyone and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me this week is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how is the path to affiliate on Twitch going oh, for We're you? real close. We're, yeah? we're very, very close. Um, I actually uh, ordered my first round of emotes so i'll be ready once once it comes up nice. but yeah it's it's getting real close i'm excited that's awesome yeah adam with some of your guys's help was able to get past 50 followers which was one of the the check marks you got to mark off for affiliate but i think you're still trying to get that average viewer count up so it'd be great if you guys could go over to twitch.tv slash adampalooza85 and help him just get to that affiliate a little quicker. So it's it's like literally probably like, like you said, right on the cusp of that. So uh, yeah, give give Adam a follow and, and check out his next stream so you can help him out with that. But so yeah, just wanted to give a, a quick plug to that because I know you've been uh, really increasing your streams. And I gotta say, man, the the quality of your streams has been really good lately. Lots of engagement through with the chat and stuff, constant dialogue. So I'm really impressed. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back to a regular episode this week. We did a couple review episodes, one for the PlayStation 5 and one for Miles Morales. So we're back to do our regular rigmarole of big topic, what we've been playing, and then question of the week. And we were just doing the math before the show and figuring out kind of how many episodes we're going to have left in the year. So a couple things we do have on the horizon, but we don't have like finalized dates of when they're actually going to be available to listen to is we are going to have a game of the year discussion like we did last year. Uh, we're probably going to get Adam, your brother, Steven to join us and because he joined last year's game of the year discussion. Mm-hmm. It was great having all four of us, especially because Steven kind of is... Um, plays different games that all three of us might not pay any attention to uh and not saying like he plays weird games or anything but he just he you know uh, he doesn't always follow the mainstream exactly yeah and i i think he provides a really good uh, perspective on games that a lot of people might not know about so yeah i wanted to have him back once we get that finalized you know we'll we'll let you guys know when that episode but obviously it's going to be closer to the end of the year and then we're also going to have a cyberpunk 2077 review episode and that is going to be again obviously post-launch it's coming out next week but we want to get some gameplay under our belt before we can talk about it there's no way we're going to have it beat for the review but uh, we're going to hopefully have completed uh, a bunch in the game so that we can talk about our impressions and everything like that so that's two guaranteed episodes coming up and then we'll probably have another regular episode in there maybe reactions to the game awards that kind of stuff but that's kind of on the horizon but you're here to listen to this episode and this episode is all going to be about our predictions for the game awards so we're going to give some predictions on who we think is going to win who we'd like to see win some of the big categories at the awards and then we're also going to you know spitball some ideas of some announcements that could show up at the game awards because of course the game awards it's a great celebration of all the games and achievements that were made in the past year but we also get some pretty big hype announcements uh i mean last year we had the reveal of the xbox series x was there which was incredible so we can expect jeff has some big things planned to end off uh kind of a crappy year so that's uh, what we're going to do this episode. 
But before we start the show, we wanted to remind you guys that Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast. Each week, Adam Garrett and I join together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and give reviews on recent game releases. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. Today's show is brought to you by the Games Are Fun store, but we will tell you more about that later. So, housekeeping, I just have one major note. Uh, Like I said, we had a Miles Morales review and a PlayStation 5 review episode released in the past two weeks. If you hadn't heard them yet, it'd be greatly appreciated if you could go give them a listen. And the big note I wanted to make is we are doing a live stream for Extra Life 2020. So mark your calendars on December 12th from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are teaming up with Luke and Claire from Lukewarm Games for a live stream event to raise money for Extra Life 2020. We've each chosen to support mission-critical funding for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. With 170 hospitals nationwide, each location treats thousands of kids annually, regardless of their illness, injury, or family's ability to pay. We will be streaming a bunch of different games for 12 hours over on twitch.tv slash gamesarefunpodcast. So make sure you head over there now and give us a follow. So that's December 12th, 9am to 9 Pacific Standard Time. We have some fun things planned. Uh, We're going to be playing some Fall Guys. We're going to be playing some Among Us, probably. Uh, Some other party games. I think you... Are you and your brother doing a Godfall stream? I can't remember. Um, I'm I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I know we are going to play Phasmophobia, which I'm really excited to finally be able to play that. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's also the first time we're really doing a big stream like this. And there's a lot of technical requirements to go behind something like this so you know bear with us that day there might be some hiccups here and there but hopefully it all goes smoothly we have lots of backup plans in case our our plans don't work out the way we wanted them to but it's going to be great so like i said december 12th 9 a.m to 9 pacific standard time follow us on twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast and and set those alerts so that you know when we're going to be live on the 12th but more importantly Right now, you can already donate, so it would be greatly appreciated if you go to extra-life.org slash team slash fun. The link for that is also in this show's description, so you can head over there and donate now towards Miracle Network Hospitals. All right, now that we got all of that out of the way, let's talk about our topic of the show, which is our Game Awards prediction. So, Adam, where I wanted to start... I think it would make sense to go through some of these categories and talk about the nominees and then give, you know, maybe who we want to win, but whom we believe is going to win just based on, you know, what the reception is when we put all these games side by side. And yeah, it's purely for, for breaking rights. I, uh, the, but uh, I'll try to record who 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 got what so that when we come back and once we know the winners we can see who correctly guessed the most um so i think we should save game of the year last because that's like the big one um so let's just start off with best game direction so best game direction is award for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction design we have final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima hades half-life alex and The Last of Us Part 2. 
So Adam, what are you thinking with this one? So I think The Last of Us Part Two is going to win here um, just because of the outstanding storytelling that Naughty Dog does. Um, I personally want Final Fantasy VII Remake to win. I, I know, big surprise. Um, but I'm saying this just because I think Final Fantasy VII Remake was... Um, I appreciate it just as much for the nostalgia and how well it's it stuck to the source material as I am about the new things that they added and the, the sort of direction that they can uh, potentially take the series in the future games. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to, that's what I want, but I think last of us part two is going to get it. Yeah, fair enough. I also think last of us part two is going to get it mainly because I think this game, game direction, obviously all these games have directors and people that are responsible for making sure that everything flows nicely together. But uh, I, I find that the games that have that like face stand out more, um, not just because there's someone out there talking about the game and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when you have that face who's going around doing interviews and talking about the game, giving commentary on it, talking about the creative process and everything like that, you know, those are ten generally people that will stick in my mind as doing some great game direction work, like the Cory Barlog or, you know, Hideo Kojima, obviously. And I, th I think Neil Druckmann, you know, hearing just his plans for this game and how it was created and everything that they went through with it. Um, there was a lot of work and I'm not discrediting any of the others, but I, I think that that one obviously also was very well received and, it was it was a game that made a lot of statements, so I I would guess that that's probably going to be the winner. And then, um, yeah, it, for for my personal, I obviously am a big fan of Last of Us Part Two, so I would totally be okay with that. But honestly, Ghost of Tsushima had uh, a great you know continuous thread in every component of that game, whether it was the story, uh, the narrative design, the the environment design, just how everything kind of felt like it all meshed together really well there. And so I could see that one taking it too. Um, so yeah, that, that, that would be my predictions for those ones. One, one cool thing about this too, and this is maybe one of the first years in a while where I look at the list of games here and I'm like, now granted, I haven't played Half-Life Half Alex. I, I hear, you know, it's done really well. It, it did really great on uh, our fantasy critic. Um, so I, I know there's a lot of good things going on there, but, uh, so I, I don't know anything about that game, but just looking at the list, I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't matter which one wins because whichever one is, is a good pick. Like these are all extremely worthy games. So no matter who gets it, it's, you know, it, it's kind of a win for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think like all the categories for the most part there ha there weren't too many that i was like wow that's a bit of a shock <laughs> right mm -hmm. every there there's that you know year after year it's always the same kind of grouping of like here are like the best like eight games that we kind of see across all the the categories and that's kind of the case this year as well but all these games i think can stand on their own and they're all kind of different from each other right they're not all third person action games there are some different games in here that you know we might we don't always see in in these award discussions so yeah I, I think you're absolutely right with that point 
Best Narrative for Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in a Game, 13 Sentinels Aegis, Aegis, I think it's Aegis, Aegis, I think. Aegis Rim. Um, not even familiar with that game, but no, uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Last of Us Part Two. So for me, I'm just going to put Last of Us Part Two as both who I want to win as well as who I think is going to win because, you know, they're obviously <laughs> that is what the main focus of that game is its narrative. But I will say what Final Fantasy VII Remake did um, and I guess semi-spoilers for Final Fantasy 70 Remake for the next 30 seconds, but, you know, them kind of departing from the story in certain ways and giving it a bit of a new narrative was a really cool choice that I feel like a lot of people didn't expect. And I like that they took that risk and I felt that all of the, again, I don't have anything to compare it to because I never played the original, but seeing those additions in there, I thought they, they made for some interesting storytelling and towards this game. So how about you? Yeah, I think, I think last of us part two is going to be the winner here. Uh, I, again, am kind of hoping for final fantasy seven remake, just final, the original final fantasy seven was one and is still one of my favorite games of all time. And, you know, reliving that, that story, that narrative in sort of a new light and a new perspective. It just, Oh, it was, it was so good. Like mm-hmm. it was, it's like a childhood dream come true. <laughs> um, just reliving that story again. And and that's only a piece of it. Like we're going to get more later. It's I'm so excited, but yeah. So for me, uh, I, I hope final fantasy seven gets it, but I think last of us will be the one for sure. Best art direction. So final fantasy seven remake goes Shima Hades, last of us part two and Ori and the will of the wisps. So, Continuing that trend of all the same games, Ori, did you, I can't remember, did you play Will of the Wisps? I did. Mm-hmm. And what'd you think of it overall? I enjoyed it. I think the first game was better. Uh, right. I think I'm in the minority in that. Like just even gameplay and sort of the, the the story that's involved, I just enjoyed it better than Will of the Wisps. Now, yeah. Will of the Wisps was absolutely gorgeous so best art direction like it's totally fitting in this category Mm -hmm. um and and really you know great for them for you know being nominated for that um yeah it's it's absolutely gorgeous the game itself is still a great game like don't get me wrong i just thought the first one was a little better fair enough yeah i i heard a lot of people talking about this game with uh series x because it has a couple oh, different right. modes mm-hmm. that you can you can go up to 120 frames per second um or you can also try like a, a sim, uh, super sampled like 6k mode or something like that huh. um and i remember hearing on some podcasts probably kind of funny in ign podcast that the game had some like technical issues when it launched and some of those were load times and so playing it on the series x those were like not even present so it's mm-hmm. unfortunate i feel like if they would have been able to hold off and make that a, a launch game for the series x it maybe would have been more left a bigger pre- an impression on people because i feel like it kind of got lost in the the beginning i can't remember if it was march or something like that or february yeah um, it was yeah i think february that sounds about right yeah and so no, maybe it was march I don't know. It was in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I it would definitely would have been more in this game of the year discussions probably if it 
you know that that that's like any award show we we kind of have that recency bias of what are the games now that people are talking about and we kind of forget what came out earlier in the year but nonetheless i think it's great that it got a nomination and just from what i saw uh through gameplay yes it definitely has its very own art style that has definitely been replicated by other studios that have kind of been you know inspired by ori and stuff so i think that's a statement in itself i i think for myself i would really like ghost of tsushima to win just because that game like i said earlier it just it it, it everything fits really well um and ghost of tsushima has a very specific art style it's going for this like realistic graphics but at times it almost looks like you know if you compared it to the last of us part two and a lot of people played that game after just playing off last of us part two it, it kind of didn't look quite as good as that game but then when you kind of saw that it's like okay this is kind of like the art style they're going for and they're really committed through that through the environments the character um and and the animation of things it just you know it it looked really good and i really enjoyed that so i would like it to win i think it's also possible it could win um but i could also see a really any of these games winning um so yeah i'm gonna put my bet on ghost and yeah i'll I'll double up on ghost for that one yeah that's this is really a tough one because i just i don't know which way this is gonna swing like i i think this could end up being a very close vote because i i the only one i'm thinking that you know maybe last of us not winning it like it, it was a really good looking game i just don't think it had a a unique style to it compared to these other games um i again i think i would want final fantasy 7 to win again just because seeing a childhood game you know the the blocky and you know characters and things like that being just you know getting that glow up to you know this uh current gen or you know i guess now previous gen but you know brand new from the ground up uh and it just it looks so good um you know it kind of just it feels like it's familiar but different and i just i really enjoyed it i kind of don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna win because there weren't while it looked great there were some issues with like textures and some of the backdrops looked sort of flat yeah um so i think there's some things that are going to go against it i don't think it's going to win i i think in the grand scheme of things for me i i thought it was brilliant but um i think i'd, I'd probably have to maybe join you with ghost of tsushima as as who i think is going to get it just because like you said like it, it looks sort of realistic but um you know they they really sort of uh embellish the the colors and 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 things um the the contrast and the lighting was really good in it uh you know especially mm-hmm. when a storm was was rolling in there was some just really great lighting that they they showcased and um beautiful games so yeah i think that's probably going to be the one that gets it though i think hades and ori having that you know sort of cartoony like very hand drawn or you know painted sort of feel to it um i, I definitely see the appeal to those so it's just going to be a matter, I guess, you know, the, the people that are voting, do they like that sort of more hand-drawn aesthetic or do they like that sort of realistic but embellished, you know, colorful um, 
aesthetic that Ghost of Tsushima is going for. So it'll be interesting to see where this one falls, but I, I'm kind of leaning Ghost here. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'll put that down. Okay. Um, I am recording our our answers here just so we can compare. Um, <laughs> best score in music. So Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. So I really liked uh, Final Fantasy VII's score. Um, I think it was quite impressive, and I like how they... There were some new songs, remixes of old songs. Um, yeah, that was the best of both worlds, for sure. Um, even for someone who hadn't played the game previously. And so that's going to be, honestly, my my vote for both. And which is, is tough, because The Last of Us Part Two did have music that was kind of tied to the game. And it definitely left an impression on me, some of the the more notable songs that were kind of tied into the game story and stuff. But, you know, I, I think that though there were highlights of that throughout the game. It wasn't necessarily this, like, focus. Um, whereas, like, Final Fantasy VII, you know, every battle or just when you're walking about had music playing and everything fit really well. And some of those songs, like... I remember I still like hum from time to time because they were so catchy and uh, I liked them so much. So for myself, I'm putting Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, as my person I want or game I want to win as well as who I think is going to win. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think it's I think it's going to be the one that wins and it's definitely the one that I want to win as well because again, you know, they they had a lot of remixes and pulling a lot from from the uh the soundtrack of the original game you know nobu yumatsu he's one of the greatest video game composers of all time um you know you just can't go wrong with that it's it's a solid choice and yeah just like the fact that the boss musics and you know tracks in that game were were all just you know they they sort of had the same core the bones of the boss music from the original final fantasy 7 but they remix it and they change it just you know ever so slightly enough to give each boss sort of its own unique sound and and that i think that was just brilliant and then you know taking those remix tracks i will say the new tracks that they entered didn't do as much for me and and i don't think it's necessarily a nostalgia thing here i think they just weren't as good um, so, you know, I'm kind of hoping in the next games that they do lean a little bit more on the, um, you know, just kind of revamping the, the original soundtrack and using a little bit more of those original tracks in, um, you know, the next installments. But yeah, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be the pick. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So Final Fantasy seven for both of us now moving on to best, uh, where is it here? I scrolled down best audio design. So this is more talking about in-game audio. Um, so Doom Eternal, Half-Life, Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil three and the last of us part two. So I've only played three of these games. I only played half of Doom Eternal. Um, I'm just going to put ghost for this one as well. Um, just because I kind of liked the the flute as making that kind of like mm-hmm. a gameplay element of using that as a way to guide you to your waypoint, right? You know, swiping up on your, uh, what do you call it? The touchpad on your DualShock 4 um, 
to to bring up the the wind and stuff like that uh being able to play the flute um you know just the the sound that i can still hear the sound of like coming across a fox den or something like that like those mm-hmm. those uh haikus that you do and the the music behind that um you know that's obviously more score based but i'm talking about like those sound effects i i can remember them like they were yesterday and it's been you know several months since i played this game so i'm going to put ghost for that one um for those reasons yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with you here as well. Um, the the only two from this list that I played were Ghost and Last of Us Part Two, And yeah, I, I'd have to say, you know, just kind of the things you mentioned that, um, you know, I think, I think they did a really great job with the audio in, in Ghost. So uh, I think that's going to be the one that gets picked and that would be my choice as well. Awesome. All right, well, let's move past a couple, or no, sorry, best performance. I think the next one's, I'm going to skip a couple. Uh, Best performance, so obviously individual for voice acting, motion, and or performance capture. So we have Ashley Johnson as Ellie from The Last of Us Part 2. We have Laura Bailey as Abby from The Last of Us Part 2. Daisuke Suji? Daisuke Suji. Yeah. He voiced Jin Sakai from Ghost. Uh, Logan Cunningham as Hades and Naji Jeter as Miles Morales from obviously Miles Morales. So this one's tough uh, because Laura Bailey and Ashley Johnson both put, they were amazing. They were incredible, right? Like <laughs> uh, it, it would be hard to choose between the two of them, but um, you know, no shade to any of the the other three, but I really do think it's down to them. Um, I agree. There's motion capture uh, involved in in them, um, which not not that it's like oh they're doing more work, so they deserve the more. But there's like a lot that is is put into those roles, um, not just voice acting, right? There's the blocking and everything that they do uh, to record those scenes, and I'm probably oh, man, that's really tough. Who do, who do you think? <laughs> you can just copy my answer. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I, it's, it's almost a coin flip between the two, to be perfectly honest. They, they both crushed it. And yeah, I think they are, you know, as good as the performances were from the other actors. Like, again, not to take anything away from, from the other three, but um, these two just, it was phenomenal acting. Like, it's... yeah. Like, I can't even, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I have no words, clearly. Yeah. Um, but I think, oh, gosh, I, I think I have to go with Ashley Johnson. I think the way she continues to evolve, you know, the, 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 the performance of Ellie and just, you know, totally personifying Ellie, I, I think just does an absolute bang up job like the the control of her voice and everything the way she like and not to say that laura bailey didn't do this either i think i think just maybe partially some of it too is just i'm team ellie you know what i mean (laughs) um you know having gone through that journey in in the first game and now here in part two uh i just feel you know there's just that that additional attachment that i have so you know i think i think i'll go with ashley johnson as uh my pick and and the winner yeah, they're 
there are several scenes for both of them that I can think back to of just like there's just really powerful scenes. Yeah, like jaw jaw open, um, just flabbergasted by like the the commitment to the performance and stuff. Um, I'm also gonna go with Ashley Johnson as uh, who I want to win as well as who I think is going to win for pretty much all the same reasons. I think like they could honestly cut the trophy trophy, the award in half and <laughs> give one to, to both of them. Cause they're just so let's do that. Yeah. yeah like that. Just bring out, bring out two awards, Jeff, yeah. just give one to each. They're right. both equally deserving. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, but you know, there is that longevity, like you said, with Ashley Johnson playing as Ellie, this is her second game being able to to play in that role so um i'm sure she put a lot of work in developing ellie as well as you know changing her performance to match how ellie has changed as a, a character and stuff um so yeah i i think that's gonna be gonna be it but it is gonna be difficult um it'll be interesting to see who actually comes out on top mm-hmm all right, I'm going to go down to the best indie game. And so this is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. So we have Carry On. We have Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. So if I'm not mistaken, you've played all of these, Adam? Or have you played Spelunky 2? Uh, yeah, I've, I've played all of these games. You've played all of them. So I'll turn it to you first. I love my indie games. (laughs) Yes, you do. Uh, you're an indie pro for sure. So what do you think? Cause I've only played Fall Guys and yeah, that's it. I, or a very small amount of carry on, but not enough to judge. Mm. Yeah. I, I played through, I didn't beat carry on. I'll say that, but, um, I mean, I guess technically I didn't beat Hades, but there's, a ton to do in that game too so um yeah all these games you know and and if you think about it you know with the exception of carry on and, and maybe spirit fair like you know there's really no end to them either um like hades you can just play infinitely uh spelunky 2 you can really play infinitely and there's so many things to find in that game like just the the secrets and the different paths you can take and uh, you know, the, the unlockable lore and everything like that. And it's just, it's a really pure roguelike game. Like it's not one of those ones where you get more powerful as you play, or you unlock more things as you play. It's just, it's, it's very skill-based. Uh, the only, uh, to, to quote a uh, streamer that I, I've watched play many hours of this game, Grand Pooh Bear, uh, the only leveling up you do is as a person and, and your knowledge in the game. Um, but it is it is hard as hell, but it is an absolute delight to play. Uh, Spirit Fair was a really really charming you know sort of life sim kind of game, very touching. Um, the the story and the lore in that game is just you know, and the uh, the art style is just everything's beautiful. Um, it was it's a very relaxing type game you know you like the sort of life sim games you like building and crafting and um exploration there's there's a heck of a lot of exploration in that game um so you know that was really solid i think carry on you know i, I think it was a it was a good game but i i you know i'd rather see phasmophobia here than carry on 
Um, I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I mean, Phasmophobia is, uh, it, you know, it's, it's an indie game and it's one person working on it. So considering the, the depth and the, the architecture and the technical, uh, aspects of that game that that's all done sort of behind the scenes, very, um, very impressive. So I kind of wish they would have appeared here as well. Um, you know, all that being said, you know, Fall Guys, I, I put a lot of time into that. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think kind of the easy answer here for what's going to get picked is going to be Hades, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's also a nominee for Game of the Year. So um, being best indie, I think, is kind of a shoe in Although, you know, a lot of people really, really love Fall Guys this year, too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think Spelunky and, you know, Carry On and Spirit Fair are a little bit more niche. Uh, whereas Hades and Fall Guys really came into the mainstream. So I think it'll be between those. Um, but I think both for me and for the, uh, the you know, the, the overall pick, I think it's going to be Hades. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know of Hades and why it's so well received. I still have yet to play it. It's on my list, but it's just it's like a phenomenal game. I mean, it, it, I, I totally get why it's in the game of the year discussion. Like, yeah, it's, it's deserving. It's, you know, it's an indie game, but it's just so well done. The, the voice acting's great. The music's great. Uh, the, the art style's great. Like there's just, and the, the, the depth of the lore in it is really good too. There's a, there's a great story in there. So, Yeah whenever i can find the time to actually play <laughs> which is really hard these days it is yeah with so many releases and like it's so hard to also like invest too much time into anything right now because i know cyberpunk is going to take up a ch- huge chunk of my time and i'm also like i have another open world game with valhalla to play so i don't know if i'll actually get to it before the end of the year i'm going to try to but um it y- sounds like it might be worth worth it for you to maybe get it on switch um yeah. then this way you can just kind of play That's it wherever a good point, you know actually. you're just chilling on the couch or in bed yeah you know you can get a quick run of hades in you know just here or there yeah i actually i i was gonna i was considering get on pc to to kind of you know level up my uh inventory of games to to play on here but that's a good point that i never really thought of and i I know a lot of people played it on switch and uh yeah i'm i'm gonna put hades as who i think is gonna win i would my preference would be fall guys because it's the only game i've played so that that's obvious but (laughs) i also think it was just a a whole lot of fun and i remember absolutely it lived up to the hype right like when you and i talked about that game uh quite a bit after it was revealed and mm-hmm. for a majority of this year waiting for it. And when it finally came, uh, it was as fun as it looked. And a lot of people were jumped on with that. And the fact that it was on PlayStation plus, you know, totally increased how many people were able to, to check it out and stuff. So yeah, it was really cool how viral it was going in the moment, but um, I just think Hades is, is going to win here. Cause it, I don't, necessarily see it getting game of the year but i know that it's a lot of people's personal choice for game of the year Mm -hmm. so yeah it would make sense for it to to fit here just kind of like uh disco elysium last year uh Mm -hmm. similar conversation right of it being this indie game that a lot of people liked um but sekiro ended up getting game of the year right 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were able, I think, to secure that indie category. So similar thing I think is going to happen this year. All right. Well, let me put both of us down for Hades. All right. So let's move on to, let's see here. I think we're going to skip mobile. We're going to skip community support and just move straight to best action. I do want to say real quick, so best community support and best ongoing game. I I just want to say Final Fantasy 14 got snubbed hard on those categories. Um, the, the community support for, for 14 is just absolutely amazing. Um, I can't say enough about how great that community is. And then, you know, looking at support or ongoing, you know, this game has been going for what, six, seven years since Mm -hmm. it got the, the reboot. Um, they just had that big expansion last year and they've posted a lot of patches this year for it. So, I mean, um, you know, if you even want to talk about games that are, you know, currently getting patches, like it's still in that conversation as well. Um, so I'm a little bummed that it didn't get picked in either of those categories. I think they would have been easy choices, you know, for my vote on those. Um, so yeah, a little bummed. So I wanted to call that out. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Best action game. So this is for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. So Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, Streets of Rage 4. So I've only played one of these, which is Doom Eternal. And I will say that Doom Eternal in Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, because they're very similar in terms of its combat and, and its mechanics for a, the for first-person shooter, like they just nail the first person shooter. Like they were, they're like, you know, the doom is the grandfather of first person shooters, but (laughs) they also like are continuing to, to innovate that genre and make it feel so good. Like still to this day, when I think of like the best first person shooters, um, I think of the recent doom games and I think of Titanfall, um, which I guess you could kind of say apex in a way um timefall 2 that is but that was more for the story side if we're just talking about combat i think doom just kills it i know you adam aren't big on first person shooters but like as someone who likes first person shooters it just feels incredible and i see that it is coming to uh game pass on pc i think this this month so um or is it on there already Maybe it's on there. It might already. be on there already. I can't remember where if I was looking at a old, if I was looking at Game Pass or I was looking at that new new list. But any anyways, I mean, I'm gonna play that game because uh, I was playing it last month. But I was like, man, this would just be so much better to wait and play on PC where I can get that mm. high frame rate, um, practice my mouse and keyboard. So uh, yeah, but again, I haven't played Hades, so I, I can't speak to that um, or any of the other games for that matter. But so I'm gonna put. Doom Eternal is my choice. Now, it's hard to say who could win. Uh, I don't think Streets of Rage 4 left as much of an impression to to take on Neo 2, Half-Life, and Hades. I I think I'm going to put Hades for this one as well. Um, I do think Half-Life Alex was pretty incredible, but I think that's just a lock-in for like VR game of the year, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be the award it, it comes away with. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll put Hades as my prediction as who I think is going to win. 
Yeah, I think for me, I I want Hades to win. Um, out of this list, I've only played Hades and Neo two, so it's just I have kind of a limited pool to, um, you know, to to pick from here. And while Neo two is really good, it it it's just it's a great Souls like game, but it's just it doesn't match the same kind of quality you get from a Souls game. So, um, and and Hades again was just it, it's very accessible. It's very fun. Um, Half-Life Alex, you know, I think, again, a lot of people love it. I know a lot of people probably haven't gotten a chance to play it because of that that uh, barrier to entry, which is VR. Um, now, granted, all the people, you know, the outlets that are voting, I'm sure a solid chunk of them have gotten a chance to play it, but maybe not all of them, you know? Uh, so I, I think there's maybe some votes that maybe can't go to it just simply because they, they never played it. So I I know like outlets, I think kind of vote as like IGN chooses this, but I think a lot of the individual members of those outlets get to vote too, which is why I'm saying, I don't know that everybody in all those, those uh, outlets maybe got a chance to play it. So, you know, that's kind of why I'm thinking maybe it won't, it wouldn't win this category here. Um, and just the universal love for Hades. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I, I think that's going to be the winner. All right. I'll put Hades down for both of us. Best action adventure game. So for the best action adventure game, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Interesting. Okay. So we got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which came out last year, but as you remember from our, uh, what a debacle! Yeah, it was a. <laughs> we talked about this on the show last this year. Poor game. <laughs> it was uh, definitely a game of the year contender, but it missed that cutoff and on when you know nominations could be put in, so a lot of people weren't able to do that. And Jeff's response was, well, they can put it forward for next year's, right? Because it technically Mm -hmm. is now eligible for the Game Awards happening in 2020. But in my opinion, still unfair because that's like totally going to... I I haven't thought about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for a while, right? Because we've had all these incredible games this year. So it, it is tough, but... uh. Yeah, that it. I'm glad to see it somehow got in here because um, I really didn't expect it to. Uh, but I'm glad that enough people were like wanted to make a statement that they nominated it, and it, you know, didn't get into that game of the year category. But that was that was a, a long stretch for it to make that. So at least it's in a category. And then lastly, Last of Us Part Two. So all games that I have played except for or in the Will of the Wisps. So. I will say my favorite out of these is definitely The Last of Us Part 2, but I also just see that as just like it is a third person action adventure game, but I also like am just more in it for the story. I'm not really concerned about the combat and the traversal mm-hmm. and any puzzles you have to solve because all of those are in that The Last of Us Part 2, but I just don't see it as like the focus for that game. Yeah. Um whereas you know, I don't know. It's really tough. Um, Cause even in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, really great combat traversal, obviously um, cause it's an Assassin's Creed game. And then it does have some puzzles. Um, 
pretty much on the regular. Uh, yeah, this one's tough for me. I mean, I will say that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was a, a stellar game, and I would love for it to win. I don't think it's going to, to win this. Hmm. I think I'm going to put... Man, this one's a tough category. <laughs> I think I'm going to... This gonna, is really tough. Yeah, like, I keep saying, <laughs> think I'm like, well, I think I'll choose that one. It's like, but these other ones are good, too. Um, I think for this one, I I think I'm going to put Ghost as my, my personal choice of what I would love to win. But I do think... You know what? I think Ghost is going to take it as well. I'll, I'll put... I'll put it for both. I think Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it depends a lot on, you know, if the those that are voting look at each of these, these things, right? Combat, yeah. traversal, and puzzle solving. Like, is is the puzzle solving, you know, what, how are people weighting that in their minds mm -hmm. um, when you're comparing these games? Because, we, you know, you look at... Miles Morales, right? The the combat traversal, both fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, not so much with the puzzle solving. Yeah, not, really, not really, right? <laughs> and he, honestly, even Ghost to some degree, like heavy combat, but there the puzzles weren't like you came across like a, a couple puzzles here and there, but they weren't really that challenging or even considered mm -hmm. puzzles in in the traditional sense. Yeah, and meanwhile you have Ori, uh, right? So I mean, combat. There was a lot more combat in Will of the, Will of the Wisps than there was in Blind Forest. Um, traversal, you know, it's it's a Metroidvania, so you're getting those traversal powers as you play through, which they did a really great job with. Um, and, and the puzzle solving, yeah, there's tons of puzzles to solve in 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 that game. So I mean. Um, you know, it, it definitely meets all the criteria in in my mind. When it comes to Last of Us Part Two, um, traversal is pretty straightforward. It's pretty much just you know go from point A to point B, uh, with the exception of the one area where you can kind of free roam it a bit. Um, but the combat again is sort of you know it's pretty. I don't want to say it, it's a little generic, right? Um, heavy stealth focus but but kind of generic the the puzzle solving is really uh more about the stealth than it or you know kind of managing inventory versus you know enemy count and trying to like get through like that's that's really the puzzle right but uh i don't know enough about valhalla to say anything about that but for me like star wars fits all that stuff too uh combat and traversal are really nice in that game again you kind of power up and you get more abilities as you play through um which which just increase the the combat and traversal experiences um and there were actually some really good puzzle solving elements in that game right you get into to some of these ruins and stuff and um you know you're you're using your different abilities to move all these things around like it almost kind of felt like uh, some of the shrines and stuff in in like Breath of the Wild. Um, so it was kind of it, it was kind of cool the way it felt like you know a little bit like a Souls game, a little bit like a Zelda game. Um, so I I think for me I would want Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. 
I I think it's a bit of a dark horse, but I think it's I think there's a good shot it's going to take uh, the the win. I think as long as people really look at those three uh, main pieces of criteria and and really factor it in, I, I think it probably come down to Ori and and Star Wars. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the dark horse and pick Star Wars here. Yeah, that would be great. And and considering it is like the only category it got a uh, nomination for, I believe. Let me just double check. I'm pretty uh, yeah. sure, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be good for it to kind of come away from 2019 with some sort of recognition for something, um, even though the the general audience really loved that game and talked about how, how much they liked it, which is probably enough to them. I'm sure they're not in it for the awards, but it would be cool mm. for them to, to show, hey, just, like, don't, like, you can... Uh, the, the, the game was really impressionable, right? That it's still making that conversation a year later, right? All right. So, Ghost for Luke, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Art for Adam. All right. Moving on to... Sorry, I scrolled down. RPG. So, game design with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. So, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. So I'll turn it back over to you, Adam, because RPGs are kind of like your your jam, right? You mm. pretty much played all of these, probably except for Wasteland 3. Yep. Um, so I guess which one are you going to go with? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, yeah, so I haven't played Wasteland 3. That one's a little bit more of like a strategy-based RPG. Yeah. Um, which doesn't speak to me quite as much. Uh, and then with Pers- Persona 5 Royal, I didn't play Royal, but I did play the original version, which I loved. And it's still probably like 90% of the game is still just the original game um, with that extra 10% being, you know, the the new content that they sort of added to to the, the back end of the game. Um, so... Oh gosh, this one's so hard. I Final Fantasy VII Remake obviously is a big standout to me. Genshin Impact, I I love that this is in the conversation here because it's a really fun game, especially you know people kind of maybe look down on it because of the the gotcha elements to it. But uh, to be honest, it's it's an amazing free to play game, and you don't need to really partake in those gotcha elements if you don't want to. You don't need to spend real money. And it's still just a really fun game in its own right. So uh, to anybody plus, listening that hasn't... Well, I was going to say, plus, it's also, like, on multiple platforms. Like, it, you can play it on it your is. phone, right? Like, it, it's on mobile yeah. devices. and I have so. on occasion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it plays quite well on mobile, too. I um, What do I have? A Galaxy S10, I want to say. Um, and it runs so smooth on there. Like, no issue at all. And it's nice, too, because you can... Uh, use your same profile on PC and on mobile. So I could play a little bit on PC and then let's say I'm out somewhere and I just want to, you know, pop in and do a couple quests or whatever. I can, I can do that on mobile. So you can also play it on PS4 uh, and you can play with other people on the different platforms, but you can't go from PC to mobile to, to PlayStation. Um, your character is kind of landlocked on PlayStation, which is a little bit of a bummer. 
Um, it would be nice to have that freedom to just move your character to any any of those consoles or any of those devices. But the fact that I could still potentially play with someone, a friend that plays on PlayStation, is, is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, really great game. And then I just started playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, I got that a couple days after it launched, which was just... Uh, maybe it was like a week after launch. When, when did I actually pick this game up? Um, I'm not sure, but I already have 34 hours into it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And this game is amazing that honestly, this should be in game of the year discussion because yeah. it is, it is, uh, it is rising for me as a legitimate game of the year contender. Um, it's it's just so good. It takes that sort of classic over the top, uh, you know, not take itself too seriously, but at the same time it does Yakuza vibes and, you know, it plugs it into an RPG game, right? So you have, you know, your your turn-based combat, which um, is, is very fluid, right? So you just, you run into people and, um, you know, the, the battle just happens right there, wherever you're at. It's not like old school where like you know you have a transition screen and then you know people just kind of go back and forth but um the story is is so good as as yakuza is uh the rpg elements are really good uh the characters i i really like and it's different too you know it's not your teeny bopping um you know uh typical rpg people like these are like older people the the main character ichiban he's i think like 40 years old <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's not like these are just a, you know a bunch of kids running around like these are grown-ass adults um doing grown-ass adult things <laughs> and it's just i don't know it's just fun sort of watching the progression as you go through too um and i'll, I'll talk about all this a, a little bit more later but sure it's 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 a great game like i said rising uh contender for game of the year so i think in the end i think final fantasy 7 is going to be my pick um i i think there's certainly a chance that wasteland 3 just because i know it was uh pretty critically acclaimed from what i remember um you know, I, I want to say Final Fantasy VII Remake, but then we also look at, you know, like Metacritic or Open Critic scores and, and Persona 5 Royal, you know, just kind of wiped the floor with literally every other game that launched this year. I'm surprised that this wasn't a game of the year option. Um, you know, it, it even scored better than Last of Us Part Two. So <laughs> if that tells you anything, there's a really good chance that that, that Persona 5 wins. In fact, oh gosh, do I want to... It's a Do tough I choice. Gonna... <laughs> I mean, when when I as I say that, I'm like that. That seems like you almost kind of have to choose that. But on the other hand, are they going to look at this and say, okay, well, this game isn't. You know, it did come. This version came out this year, but is it really a 2020 game? Um, and I don't know that it is. You know, it. I'm not 100 percent sure that it should be counted as such. But I'm going to say. For me, again, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, uh, I'm gonna take that as the the the, the pick too for uh, Game Awards. Okay. Yeah, I see. One one thing I want to talk about with Yakuza is 
Obviously, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I enjoy the Yakuza games. I've only played three of them, uh, Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2, uh, and a portion of three, but I really like the Yakuza games, and this one was a huge departure, and I'm glad that they did that because a lot of people are jumping on board. I'm hearing uh, the mainstream audience talk about Yakuza like they didn't with uh, the previous games. And I don't think that's necessarily all because of like the different combat system. I think there's a lot of reasons, um, you know, with Yakuza also jumping over into the Xbox realm um, Mm -hmm. and being more available to going multi-plat, whereas it was just kind of a a PlayStation thing before it's, it's getting the game to more people, right? Porting, they're porting all of them over onto PC now. Um, so I'm really glad as a Yakuza fan. I will say, all these people, every time I hear just <laughs> praising Yakuza like a dragon, I'm like, you know what? You're, you guys all like Ichiban, but where you weren't there for for my man uh, Kazumu Kiru. So you know, I yeah, I, I will say, Kiru, you, <laughs> he's still he's still the OG, right? Yes, yeah, for sure. He 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 was in seven games. So you got to give the guy. There's some <laughs> there's some depth there with his impact on the franchise, but. Uh, same with Majima, right? But yeah, I, uh, I love, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) oh gosh. Um, yeah, I, I really want to play Yakuza. Um, it is a, for sure a game I want to play. I'm kind of, I know that it's not associated to the other Yakuza games, but I bought that remaster collection, which came with three, four and five. And I want to get through those games uh, as well as six before I allow myself to play this game, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I honestly might just play to just play it and go ahead with it. Um, and then get back to the Yakuza games sometime next year. I, I, I'm undecided on that, but I love that it's getting the recognition. Um, but yeah, long story short, Final Fantasy seven remake, I think <laughs> is going to be my choice. I think that's going to win. Um, because out of these, I think that one has the best shot. Uh, and then if I could choose, I would like Yakuza just because I, I'm such a big fan of the franchise. Um, so yeah. All right. Sorry, you put Final Fantasy seven, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So for both of us there. All right. Uh, best fighting. None of us play fighting games. Yeah. So we'll skip past that category. Best family. Um, so we got Animal Crossing New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Fall Guys, Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario the Origami King. So the definition for best family is appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. So I'll say right across the board that I think it's clear that this category this year has some really good standout family games. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these, I think, were really well-received, you know, for the most part. Uh, I've played all of them except for Crash, Paper Mario, and obviously Mario Kart Live. Now, I will say Mario Kart Live, quickly, it isn't like the traditional game because it does have that kind of RC car that goes with it. But I will say that that was, you know, there there always seems to be, like, w- these things with uh, Toys to Life um, or whatever they were called back in the day with uh, Skylanders and mm-hmm. 
you know, amiibo to some effect. Like anytime you mix toys with video games, it speaks to younger audiences for sure. Um, and maybe collectors, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool seeing Mario Kart Live when it first came out, seeing all these videos on Twitter of people's cats, you know, chasing (laughs) after the things and people creating these really fascinating courses um, in different spaces and stuff. So I will say that game on its own, I think is, I'm I'm surprised it didn't get talked about longer. It was only a couple weeks and then I never heard about it again. Um, So I hope that that game continues its support, but Again, a bit of a, a bigger price and entry to entry to it. You know, not only do you have to have this switch, you also have to buy the cart and the game. And then if you want to buy play with a friend, you got to buy an additional cart. And it's like it adds up, right? So for that reason, I don't think it's necessarily deserving because it's like, you know, other games like Minecraft Dungeons. You can play this on mobile, right? If you have Xbox Game Pass, uh, you can play it on PC. You can play it solo. You can play with your friends. It's more accessible. Um, and so when I think family games, I think of those games that you can kind of play with your family, even if, if it is a single player experience like Fall Guys or Animal Crossing. Um, so I think I'm going to put the game I want to win is... You know what? I'm, I'm just going to put Animal Crossing for both. I think Animal Crossing is going to win because I think this... Out of all of these games, Animal Crossing easily left the the biggest, you know, impact on consumers this year. Um, it it sold bonkers, right, in terms mm-hmm. of how many units they were able to push out. And I also think it's like a it's a fun game to play with a family, even if you're just playing. Like me and Meg, we had two separate profiles, but it was kind of fun to kind of collectively play. Um, not, not the multiplayer. I didn't really care for the multiplayer (laughs) mode in the game, but just like being able to talk about our Island and share stories about some of the, the villagers and interactions we had with them. And, you know, that being transferable to other people, right. With, uh, kids and yeah, I, I just think it was the perfect game for what 2020 was with having to stay at home and, and quarantine and everything like that it was a great way to kind of it was at the very start of the quarantine and so it's uh it was a great way to kind of pass the time when we were all dealing with this stressful situation and so um yeah i just i I really think it was really really solid so i'm gonna put animal crossing for for that one yeah i think i'm i'm in the same boat um both for for my personal and and for what I think is actually going to win, I I think it's going to be Animal Crossing because it was such it, it was such a big game this year, and I think that's why it's in the game of the year discussion is because it was it, it sort of defined the year, you know, because it was just constantly in the conversation, and uh, you know, especially when it came out, I mean, it was just like everyone went nuts for Animal Crossing, and, and you know for good reason it, it's yeah. it's an incredible game um that had some really good good uh gameplay elements to it and just the the social aspect to it as well like just you know um streamers just kind of went to town with it like they they there was like a uh gosh what was it someone did like survivor uh animal crossing oh, edition really? there was a ninja <laughs> warrior animal crossing and like yeah and again these are like uh, again, Grand Pooh Bear and like his his circle of people that he runs with and, and some other streamers, they 
they were doing these these type of games. I think there was like a Big Brother uh, Animal Crossing thing that they did, and, and then um, uh, Animal Talking with Gary Whitta had some it, absolutely huge, yeah, huge guests on there, like Selena Gomez and some really high profile names on that yeah. show that aren't attached to games. So, yep, big time celebrities. He's had he's had music artists on there performing music. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just huge what what he was able to do because it was it was it, you know it kind of became a platform in, in its own and he was yeah. using that platform for uh you know a, a different sort of entertainment value and he he, he made you know he really gave it that feel of like a talk show yeah um totally. you know with the set that he created and everything it was really well done i will say uh paper mario the origami king i think a lot of people kind of sleep on this game i don't think it's it would win but uh, I I loved it. I absolutely adored Origami King. It wasn't your traditional, you know, Paper Mario like the original or Thousand Year Door, which is where um, a lot of people kind of gave it a hard time for. But if you just play the game, you know, and kind of appreciate it for what it is, it is largely a a, a puzzle game um, with with like RPG elements to it. But the for me, um, you know, the the aesthetic, the art style, that sort of, you know, paper crafted world that they made is was just so fun, so nice to look at. It was quirky. It was humorous. The dialogue. Oh, oh my gosh. Some of the dialogue in that game was just um, just so funny. I, I, I loved the dialogue in the game. And there were even some touching moments in there, too. Um, you know, they, they kind of hit a wide range of emotions and, um, you know, it was, it wasn't too, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It was just a good, solid experience from start to finish. So yeah, a lot of people sleep on that. Um, but yeah, I think Animal Crossing here is, is definitely gonna, gonna win. Yeah, I know for sure. Cool best sim slash strategy i don't think either of us can speak to any of these games no no no, yeah i will say uh microsoft flight sim is really cool um just as like if nothing else it's a really neat kind of technical experience did you play it i did okay yeah i uh because it's on game pass and now i have the pc i i thought about giving it a shot but uh maybe maybe sometime later when i like I said, I'm not juggling so many games. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a legit like sim. I mean, yeah. it it could you know if you pull up from a from an airport and you know you're you're flying from say New York to like Florida, you know they're you know based on the aircraft that you choose, it's gonna take you the same amount of time to fly that distance in the game as it would take you to fly um, from these real airports. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing, mm-hmm. um, when you think about it, cause you're flying over, you know, the sort of the, the planet just digitized and it's yeah. a really neat way to see things that like you might not normally see. So yeah. I flew, I flew a bit over Japan, which was really cool. Um, That's awesome. I, I flew over my house, which was cool. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to give it a shot. And what a great way for people to kind of escape when, when we can't really go fly exactly. in the real world yeah. right now, right? <laughs> Best sports slash racing game, again, not really our 
cup of tea, but Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 is on there, and so you know for a fact that I'm hoping that one wins. And <laughs> I honestly think it's deserving. I mean, all of these are pretty much annual or semi, like every couple of years um, they get... Well, the FIFA and MBK are definitely annual. I'm not sure about Dirt and F1. Um, but Tony Hawk Pro Skater, I mean, like, it's, it's got to win. Like, if it doesn't, I would be shocked, but... Yeah, um, and looking at them too, like you know, you, you kind of have to be a diehard of of each of these other yeah, these other games exactly. to really like. Oh, I'm I'm super into F1, or I'm super into FIFA, or super into NBA. And I mean, FIFA is a big game. Um, sure, you know, soccer or you know, football, wherever you live, whatever you call it, is you know, it's the biggest sport in the world. So yeah. I mean, you could see that, but again, like looking at. Tony Hawk, you know, at least here in the U.S., like it has a much, I, I would say, a wider appeal to it. And I think yeah. um, a lot of people have that nostalgia for it. So Plus, you don't need to like be a skateboarder to play it, right? Like it's very yeah. arcadey and fun in that sense right. that anyone can play it and probably have a good time with it. Yeah. So like it's not a, it's not a simulation. Like yes. Some yeah. of these other games. Yeah, totally. Um, Best multiplayer. Do you want to do this one? Uh, we can, sure. Okay. So we got Animal Crossing, Among Us, uh, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. So real quick, I'm going to say Fall Guys wins it. And I also think... Or sorry, I want Fall Guys to win it. Now, uh, it is hard. <laughs> I, I do think that it could come down to Fall Guys and Among Us, uh, especially because Among Us it went crazy viral um, mm. when some big streamers started... Uh, streaming it and yeah it's I always kind of base I always talk to Meg she's a teacher on like what kids are playing and uh, it was so funny because like her students were using slang that's used in Among Us and she was asking mm -hmm. I'm like oh that's from this game so I'm like obviously if, if kids are, <laughs> are playing it and talking about it in school like everyone's you know kind of playing it um, so it, there's no de denying that it ha hasn't made an impact but I don't know. It, it is, it's hard to say. I think, you know what? I think Among Us is going to win, but I would like Fall Guys to win just because I've played it. And I think it is a, a funner experience having played the two. Uh, Among Us is really fun with a group of friends. Uh, if you know everyone that's playing, it can be a real good time. But Fall Guys is just like, you can play by yourself um, with randoms and still have a lot of fun, right? You don't need to be mm -hmm. in a party. Animal Crossing, like I already talked about in a review, that the multiplayer wasn't perfect. They definitely could have done things differently to make it a more optimized experience. And Warzone, I mean, Call of Duty gets enough recognition. And <laughs> Valorant, I don't really uh, know too much about it. So, yeah, I'm going to say Among Us wins multiplayer. Yep, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I, I for me, I would like Fall Guys to win as well. Again, same reason. I just thought it was more fun. I I enjoyed it more. You can jump in with randos, like it's, you know, um, you know, quote unquote, like single player if you want it to be, because you can just jump right in and play with whoever. Whereas Among Us, you you definitely need another group of like live people that you can talk to and um, play the game with. And it, it's fun, but it's, um, I, I think, in much shorter bursts. Um, you know, I, I can't sit down and play it quite as long as I could, like, a Fall Guys game. Sure. Um, but I have had fun. I, I've played um, 
you know, several rounds with, with some people from the kind of funny best friends community, uh, which are always, always a lot of fun. Um, it's a great group of people and I, I definitely enjoy playing with them. And my only issue is that I'm always the imposter. Really? Um, always every single time I'm never the um, imposter <laughs> oh dude it all every single game so it, it gets it gets really hard to try and like keep up the charade of like no it's not me but it's like but it is you because you're it every single damn time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i don't know what the algorithm is but that game just loves to make me the imposter interesting um i probably shouldn't tell you this going into yeah our, now i'll know i'm just our, gonna be calling calling you out every match yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got that charity stream coming up we're gonna be playing some of that and i just gave away the secret that the game always makes me the imposter so. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so it, it's it's definitely fun i just think fall guys is just a, a bit more it's more stupid fun like it's just or mindless fun i should say mm-hmm. um whereas among us definitely takes a more uh you got to be sharp right yeah, you gotta yeah. be you gotta be in the mindset to play that game but i do think that's gonna win just because it did become such just a huge cultural sensation this year um but yeah so i think that's gonna win the award but fall guys would be my pick if it were up to me all right. Uh, sorry. If it was fall, you think Among Us is going to win? Or yes. Fall, okay, gotcha. Okay, so I'll put both. But fall, fall guys is what you. Okay, so same as me. All right. We're pretty much both on a lot of them. So let's see. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven. Oh, seven. And then there's a about four that were different on so one of us can definitely come out on top all right last category before we go into game of the year um so best debut game carry on mortar mortal shell sorry raji and ancient epic roki and phasmophobia so all games i've heard of not really familiar with raji and ancient epic although i did look pretty neat um when it was revealed at a switch uh indie world a while back mm-hmm. uh roki i've also seen i think it might be on game pass maybe or maybe i'm confusing that with another one um did you play mortal mortal shell because that looked like a souls like and i know it was on your uh yeah what, what it, uh, it? I, I didn't play it but it is a souls like game and it's one that um i think early impression like early hands-on impressions that people got they seem to really like it which is Mm -hmm. why i put it on my my fantasy critic uh roster right and then it ended up not performing as well as i thought it was going to like 70s ish Um, i think was uh 75 yeah yeah wound up at yeah it got me five points so not as much as i thought i thought it was going to come out and and do as well as like a souls type game. You know, I was thinking maybe like 15 ish points or so. Um, so it was a little bit of a letdown. So um, I think, I think people still like it. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's not a souls game and you know, it, there, there's a clear distinction between this and, you know, something from, from software. Yeah. So I'm going to go with phasmophobia, as the one I would like to see win, as well as the one I think will win. Um, I wanted to win mainly because uh, I've heard such great things from 
you and your brother about it but I also think that it's pretty awesome that it is made by a solo developer and they've been able to handle uh you know updating that game with the demand of all these people jumping on to play it I'm sure that was probably a little unexpected and um I'm sure that person I, I'm not familiar with the the creator of the game but whoever they are probably had quite a few long nights um post-launch uh you know not expecting that game to have such a high demand but it was like it's still on the top sellers on steam it's still being streamed and this is you know after halloween which it was very popular around halloween being in the spooky season being a spooky Mm -hmm. game but it's still i mean you guys just played it last night there was a, a recent update to it um so that's awesome i think that it's just gonna like what a great way even if it's not this like you know, it lo- it looks a little janky in spots, but it's also a game about having fun, right? And it's all about the the experience it provides, not that it's this breathtaking, like, huge milestone in technical achievement or whatever. Like, it doesn't need to be that to be a good game. So I think that that's awesome that they were able to, it was be able to become so popular because of the gameplay loop being so rewarding right so yeah uh how about you i I, i'm sure you're probably going to pick the same answer as me but you've actually played the game so maybe you can speak a little bit more (laughs) to it yeah i was i've i've been really looking forward to us talking about this category just so i can talk more about phasmophobia because this is like this is this is a game that like i want to make my own personal game of the year um just because i've had so much fun with it um let me see let me just see how many hours I put into it. I have 45 hours in the game, um, which is, I, I guess, pretty substantial considering that, you know, each each round that you play is roughly, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so, depending on, like, the map that you choose and, you know, how quickly you can get the evidence that you need to figure out what kind of ghost you're dealing with and do the optional objectives. And uh, But, yeah, so they just, they just uh, had an update to it. So it's in a it's in a beta build of the of the game that they just released a prison map and so me and and steven and a guy we've been playing with nishan a friend of the show i mentioned uh him a couple times we've been playing with the the super ghost bros as we we call ourselves um and we were playing the prison map last night and it was a uh just a really good you can really see the uh the way that they're sort of growing and the way that they do level design and the way that they're approaching this game because they they it's a medium sized map um which medium can still be pretty pretty decent size but it was a it's really well done i think it was a really well crafted level i'm really looking forward to seeing the other maps that they come up with i know there's a mansion one in the works which is what i'm personally most excited about um so yeah, it's it's going to continue to be on my radar as long as they keep doing updates and as long as I can keep getting people to play it with me. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I, I was just, for a while there. I'm just like Stephen Nishan. You guys want to guys want to play some Phasmophobia? <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah, kind of one of those like I just need to play it. But it's it's one of those things that it can be kind of hard to to jump in with some randos. Right. Um, it's it's one that that really is better with people that you know. 
And so again, I, I mentioned earlier, it's a game I think should have been in discussion for just like indie game. Like, yeah, it's 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 a great debut game, but I think it kind of goes beyond that too. And I think it really, it, it had a very big cultural success. Like, it, you know, it came a little bit later in the year than some of the other games, but it, it was a huge success. I mean, there was at one point, uh, maybe I think like 80 some thousand, you know, views for it on Twitch, uh, wow. you know, in its peak. And yeah, I, the, there were just so many people playing and there's still a lot of people playing. So I think I think that it, it had more of an impact than just, you know, being a debut game. Sure. So. But yeah, I think I think. It's what I want to win, but I also think it's going to be what wins. Yeah. No, for sure. All right. Uh, last category, game of the year. So we're not going to give our personal choices here because we're going to have a whole episode to devoted to talking about our favorite games. Yeah. Not just... There's still much more thought that's oh, yeah. going to need to go into whatever. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just what we think is going to be the winner at the Game Awards. So we have Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part II. Um, I'm going to put Last of Us Part II as the winner for this one. Uh, I think these other five games are totally deserving. I do think Doom Eternal is kind of like the one that I... Not that it doesn't deserve it, but I, I just don't think it... It's it's not as close as the other ones are to each other, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, I, I would be blown away if Animal Crossing New Horizons... Could, could pull this off i think it's doable based on mm -hmm. how many people played it uh you know I'd, I'd just be repeating everything we've talked about it already um so i could see that happening as well but i'm gonna go for the last of us part two just because it is such a phenomenal game in terms of uh everything that went into it and it was very impactful it's a shame that it got spoiled um because i felt like that changed the conversations around that game leading up to release and even after release so you know, th maybe that could have changed what the general public were talking about it. But even then, that game was a conversation point, regardless of if you liked it or didn't. Uh, there was discussions to be had about it. And, uh, you know, we did uh, two episodes totally devoted to it. One just a review and one a spoiler cast. So it that talks about how much we were invested in, in it. And, yeah, so I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like... I just think it, it's a little bit higher than these other ones when you put them all. Uh, not saying that it's a better game, but I just think it has the most going for it across all the, the fields, right? So that's what I think is going to win. Um, will it be my my personal game of the year? You'll have to find out because you never know. Anything could happen. I'm, I'm full of surprises. So uh, how about you, Adam? What do you think? Yeah, so I, I think... The Last of Us Part Two. It seems like the kind of the shoe in based out of all these. Like again, not that these weren't great games, but it it, it feels like the shoe in. But I'm also kind of thinking it was very divisive as well. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people weren't happy with the direction that it took. Um, so I think there might be. You know, I, I think there is the potential for an upset to be made here. Although I think it's still the favorite. Right. Uh, again, considering how much love there is for Hades, 
um, how big of a success story Animal Crossing was this year and how much of an impact it made, uh, especially this year. You know, maybe mm-hmm. if maybe if we weren't all on lockdown for most of the year, maybe it wouldn't be where it is as, as a game of the year contender. But, you know, uh, the conditions definitely put it in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be interesting to see if that could pull out a win. Uh, I think doom eternal like you said is a little bit of an outlier compared to these other ones and uh final fantasy 7 remake and ghost of tsushima i loved both of those games i think they're um maybe not as likely as hades animal crossing or last of us but i would certainly be okay if either of them came came Mm -hmm. out with the win again totally deserving games yeah but uh divisiveness aside i think last of us part two is is going to be the favorite so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Alrighty. Okay, well that finishes off our, our predictions for the game awards in terms of the actual awards. Now before we get into talking about what games we've been playing and all that, uh, let's just quickly maybe give some predictions on announcements of what we expect to be to be announced at the game awards. So Traditionally, like we've had some pretty big announcements um, from all three of the big, big companies, PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo, Uh, you know, Nintendo announced Bayonetta 3 at the Game Awards. They also announced uh, DLC for Breath of the Wild in 2017. Uh, We've seen Microsoft, obviously, like I talked about at the top of the show, Xbox Series X, uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice popped up last year as well um playstation i don't think actually playstation had too much last year besides godfall that was like the first mm-hmm. ps5 game that was announced um was so may- uh was crash announced then too or did that come later uh that came through like jeff's summer gaming, okay yeah gaming event it was like the either the one before after he was doing like these monthly things he did like the yeah unreal engine 5 and then he did tony hawk and then he did crash in there somewhere too i think maybe i'm wrong but uh yeah so i guess i'll I'll throw off of a prediction right away here i think we are going to see a major triple a first party nintendo game at the game awards now i i can't say which one because it's just Nintendo has like at least three that we know of that have been announced and they're on the go with Bayonetta 3, uh, Metroid Prime 4, and Breath of the Wild 2, whatever it ends up being called. Um, I, I, it's hard to say, like, I don't, it's very possible none of these, you know, it's a bit of a stretch to say one of these would get some sort of showing. Um, I think it would make sense for like Bayonetta 3 to like come back after literally the only time we've heard about Bayonetta 3 was at the Game Awards when it showed mm-hmm. its uh, reveal tease or whatever. It wasn't even a trailer. So that would be cool for them to come back after three years or whatever it was and say, like, here's the game now. Um, but I don't know. Like, Metroid Prime 4 seems the least likely of the three. But I don't know. Like, both Bayonetta and Metroid, like, we haven't... We don't know what's going on with those games right now. Whereas Breath of the Wild, we've seen an actual trailer. Um, and it sounds like that game is closer than what we originally thought when it was first announced. So 
yeah, I would just love for Nintendo to talk about like a big AAA game, like any game, a first party game that they have on the horizon because Nintendo had such a quiet year this year. Like they, they started off with animal crossing and, and continued that sex success, excuse me, throughout the year. But it, uh, <laughs> it was a slip up. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they haven't really, they had paper Mario and that was about it. Um, and I think that was because they wanted to maybe, maybe take a back seat while Microsoft and Xbox did their thing or sorry, Xbox and PlayStation did their things with next gen. And so now they want to come out and, and get people excited about Nintendo after they've, uh, you know, been able to experience next gen. So yeah, that that's what I'd love to see. Um, if it came down to my preference, I love like breath of the wild Two trailer title and like a release window of like fall 2021, bit of a stretch but that's one of my predictions yeah so to kind of piggyback on that a little bit you know i i was kind of thinking about this too and i'm thinking okay well on the one hand the uh mario 35 anniversary year is about to end so maybe it's an opportunity to sneak in a mario game maybe we see mario odyssey 2 yeah um i think that would be awesome i think that would be as much as I want to see, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 4 would probably be the most hype thing they could show. Which I don't think they're going to. Um, no. Uh, however, I think, you know, it, it, I would say aside from that, Mario Odyssey 2 would be the most hype game that they could come out with and say this is a first party thing. Mm. Again, you know, like I said, Mario 35 is is sort of closing out. I know a lot of their their 35 year anniversary stuff is running through March, so you know maybe there's still more that they're going to announce. You know maybe early next year, January, February, perhaps. Um, but I think that would be a good time to show a Mario game. Or on the other hand, next year is the Zelda 35 year anniversary, mm. so maybe they could get a jump on that and say, Hey, breath of the wild two is, you know, here's, here's a little something. And, uh, you know, breath of the wild is no stranger to the game awards stage. Um, so, you know, they could kind of keep that tradition running by showing the second game, especially again, because there's rumors of a, uh, revamp of the switch, you know, whether it's yeah. switch pro or whatever, it's going to be switched to, um, you know, so it could end up being, you know, maybe they show us a little bit because maybe it's going to be a launch game, like some people think, uh, for the the next iteration of the Switch. So I think those are those are two very uh, likely candidates to be shown. And I think even if they show one of those two, I don't think that closes the door on something like Bayonetta three, um, or Metroid Prime four. And I I'll say this: if they announce metroid prime trilogy you know because a lot of people thought it was going to be announced last year mm -hmm. at the game awards if they announce metroid prime trilogy at this year's game awards i'm gonna say we get prime four next year yeah that would be that would be awesome i think like whether it's at the game awards or next year i think like they they like it would make so much more sense that that metroid prime trilogy like gets out and ahead and not like what they did with bayonetta right bayonetta 
they announced three and then they were saying like one and two were being ported to the switch but that was like three years ago now right like it would make a lot of sense for them to stagger them um in a way that's like okay give people the opportunity to play them and then in, maybe in the fall that's when metroid prime 4 hits people have been able to catch up maybe play the series if they hadn't played it before and then they're all ready to go for four when it actually comes and then if they wanted to put it alongside uh, a pro console that also launches before christmas like that would be like top notch but i don't know like it's hard to say <laughs> if uh, the metroid prime trilogy there's so much rumor saying like it's all but really confirmed at this point but you you never mm -hmm. know right with these things so i hope it's real me too <laughs> Um, a couple, I just for the sake of time, I'm only going to throw out a couple more that I have, um, because I don't really have too many. I'm honestly like, I think it's just because we're in a new gen and there, it really could be anything at this point. Yeah. Right? There's a like, lot of unknowns. Exactly. Like we know about things like Horizon, Forbidden West and God of War, Ragnarok and Hellblade, like games that have been announced and we could see new trailers and stuff, but uh, a game that we saw announced but haven't really seen yet is Elden Ring. And oh, I yeah. know that From Software just, well, I guess that was Bluepoint. So, yeah, Elden Ring, it, it, I think it's time for them to, to show off that game. And I think they, From Software, they teased, uh, what was it? It would have been Sekiro, I guess, uh, at the Game Awards. And That's true a while whenever that was 2017 or something like that when it was the shadows die twice trailer mm -hmm. teaser trailer and everyone thought it was bloodborne too <laughs> right oh man if yeah only. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah elden ring that's that uh game with uh they're partnering up with george rr R. martin and it looks really awesome from that first trailer that we saw but i want to actually see what this game is so I would love like a, a gameplay trailer, even if we don't get a date on it. Just let's see what this game is. Um, if they would put a date, even 2021 would make me happy. And then my last kind of prediction that I'm still holding on to, I made for PlayStation 5 is I would love to see a Silent Hills reboot in some sort of way. I think Konami has been, I think they're distanced from the whole Kojima incident and I think it's time for Konami to like get back into the game space. Um, and I would, I think it's smart for them to not try something brand new. Um, and I know that Konami is kind of only known for like Castlevania, Metal Gear and Silent Hill. Uh, but it would make sense for them to, to revisit an established franchise to get back into the conversation, right? To start a new chapter. Uh, Kojima is happy with his studio doing his thing now. And enough time has passed that I think there's no... I mean, there was even rumors that, that whatever the Silent Hill game that's rumored that Kojima has some sort of part in with it with Konami, which I don't think is true. But I would love for a Silent Hill reboot game... Um, even if it was a remake, that would be incredible. But uh, yeah, Silent Hill, great horror franchise. And yeah, I, I miss having the days of like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Still have Resident Evil, but I, I'm missing out on Silent Hill. So that would be awesome if that was announced. But a uh, bit of a long shot with that one, I think. Mm -hmm. um, although the rumor mill on that one <laughs> was, was continuously churning for, for several months now. So it's not 
totally unplausible, but mm-hmm. implausible. Yeah. Um, is it unplausible, implausible? Uh, Im- implausible, implausible sounds better. So we'll go with that. It's not implausible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, any last predictions that you wanted to make? Um, not a ton. Cause like you said, I mean, new generation, it, it could be literally anything like it's everything's so up in the air. There's a lot of potential for new IPs with the new technology in these, these consoles. And, um, so I don't really have a lot. I will say this is, this is sort of wishful thinking, uh, on my part, but also would be a really good get hype moment if they, if they were able to do this and that's have, uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song be oh yeah a, it's launching right now kind of game you know show show yeah. a little trailer or whatever and then boom it's out today um, I I don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> but um, I think that would be really cool um, I hope it doesn't happen just for the sake that you don't get your fantasy credit <laughs> points <laughs> because. If it does and it launches this year, that's I think it would perform really well. Yeah. Um, I think I would I would get some good points out of that. So For sure. um, plus it it looks really cool, you know, from the trailers that we've seen. And it was supposed to come out this year, obviously, with COVID and everything uh, that didn't happen. But, you know, there's still that little bit of hope that it that it makes that 2021 uh, release that we that we were or 2020 release that we we got um but we'll see yeah other than that uh you know what i will say um again this is just kind of a wishful thinking but you know if we got a trailer for part two of final fantasy 7 remake mm. especially since it's got multiple nominations yeah um you know in the awards show this year i think that would be great to see um but yeah that's really all i got all right, fair enough. Yeah, I would love I'd love to give more predictions, but it is it is hard right now with uh, like there's not there's not a lot of rumors yeah. flying around of stuff. Like there's there's not really much to latch on to at the moment. Mm-hmm. I will say one game that I'm looking forward to that we don't have a date on yet. Uh, little Devil Inside on PlayStation Five. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, cool little game with a very unique art style uh returnal that house marquee game would be mm-hmm. cool to see and then uh what's that other ps5 game i was looking at um the capcom one that looks yeah i know it's written the, the sort of death stranding yeah looking uh, yeah it has a weird remember. name too i will say uh kenna bridge of spirits which was supposed oh, to yeah. be a launch game i believe um i would like to see more on that because i was very interested in that was a little bummed that it uh didn't come out this mm-hmm. year but i think that's that's still i think q1 next year yeah so should be pretty soon i do think uh ratchet and clank we could get another trailer oh, yeah. with a release date on because they did say launch window and so a lot of people are expecting that to come out sometime before april or like I'm hoping for like a February or something like that for that mm-hmm. one. But yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, those are our predictions. We'll see how well we did uh, on next week's episode. So let's, uh, yeah, before we get into what games we've been talking about, we wanted to remind you that Games Are Fun has its very own merch. So if you head over to gamesarefunpodcast.com, you can see our whole collection of products. We have a collection of T-shirts, uh, tri-blend, 
as well as uh, premium. The Tribeland is my favorite because uh, it comes. I, I prefer a shirt that can like stretch and doesn't shrink in the wash. Uh, so we have multiple designs in Tribeland as well as a uh, premium cotton and some long sleeve. And then we also have some stickers and a mug. So if you purchase anything from our merch site, that is going to go back into Games Are Fun podcast. We do everything completely on our own time and on our own dime. And so it would be great to be able to, to help fund future projects that we have planned, but don't necessarily have the, the finances to, to pay for these things. And so, uh, you know, it's a great way to support the show because you get some merch for it, whether it's a shirt or a sticker, and then we can help, like I said, build games are fun to be bigger and better. So you can head over to gamesarefunpodcast.com. I do recommend that you get those orders in uh, sooner rather than later because we are leading up to Christmas. And right now, Teespring is saying that uh, at least for our listeners in the United States, I'm not sure about uh, Canada because <laughs> some of those orders took a little while to get up here. But uh, yeah, they they will arrive before Christmas. So if you know someone who listens to the show, you want to give them that Christmas present, it's a great idea, right? So games are fun podcasts. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's not just shirts, right? There's mugs, there's stickers, there's uh, all sorts of goodies. Totally. We put a lot of work uh, into building that store. (laughs) It was a a really fun project that we put together and we want to continue it. And we can only do that if you guys, you know, purchase the product. So uh, yeah, please head over to there. You can also look in the show's description for a hyperlink to that website. All right. Let's move into what we are playing. So, Adam, uh, we kind of didn't really get a chance on our PS5 to review episode to talk about some of the PS5 games as much as we wanted to because we were a little crunch for time. But uh, we have a little bit more time now to talk about some of these games. So I'm actually going to turn it over to you to talk a little bit about Demon Souls because you only got to briefly talk about it on last week's episode and maybe there's some people that missed last week's episode so demon souls you've been you've been streaming a lot on your twitch channel you're a big souls fan you're a big bloodborne fan so so far what has demon souls done for you demon souls uh kind of uh, exceeded expectations for me i i actually wasn't gonna get the game because i just um you know a, a little bit of souls fatigue i suppose um you know those those games can be you know, challenging, which can make it a bit of a slog to get through at times. But um, I just find myself having just so much fun with this game. It's absolutely gorgeous, too. I, I said in our uh, PS5 review that it is the uh, best-looking PS5 game, the prettiest-looking PS5 game. Uh, I stand by that. I think that's that's still true. Um, it's, it's just so nice to look at. Everything looks great. Um, you know, great textures, great you know, uh, resolution and everything. Uh, it's, it's very fluid, you know, it, it does like, you know, any other game, there's that sort of performance versus, uh, fidelity mode that you can choose from. But honestly, performance, you don't lose a lot of fidelity, but you do get that smooth 60 frames a second. If you, if you choose that, and I think it's on by default, uh, and it's worth it. Um, yeah, like I said, just smooth, like butter, um, The combat's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of weapon variety to choose from. Uh, you know, you can customize your your loadouts and, you know, kind of you, you choose a starting class, which 
you're not locked into that by any means you can as you level up you can put points into whatever you want so if you start out as like a, a magician and, and down the road you're like you know what this isn't really working i'd rather you know wield like a great sword you can do that so um you know don't get too into the weeds with whatever your starting class is because it's you know you're really only going to be carrying that through you know the first several boss fights um and you get to the point where things start opening up you're collecting more gear more loot more you know there's just more options available to you so i um i went with a, a bit of a heavier build i have some heavier armor for more damage reduction and uh currently using a spear as my main weapon it's been just working out really well for me so far so i'm gonna keep rolling with that though i do want to um you know kind of spread out into the great sword uh realm just when i played bloodborne my favorite weapon was the great sword um that's just sort of what i what i gravitate towards um and kind of what i want to do in this game as well but the spear is working out super well i've done some upgrades to it and it's been um really great um uh, there is you know there's some magic builds too which i hear magic's pretty broken so if you're if you're really having trouble um one of the starting classes is called royal which starts you off with uh basically like a magic missile type uh magic ability and it gives you what really makes this this class special is that it starts you off with a ring that slowly regenerates your mp uh so that you can continue to, to cast the spell it's not a very fast regeneration but it's it's fast enough that you don't feel like you know you might just have to take very brief breaks from casting and uh you can just deal a lot of damage uh, a lot of just like the you know the the low enemies can be taken out with one or two of those missiles um you know it's great for enemies that have low magic resistance and which a lot of them so far seem seem to have that low resistance so again if you want to have a little bit of an easier time that's going to be a great build to start with um but they're all totally viable. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm doing mostly melee and it's been, I've been doing pretty well. Um, I, I've been streaming and I have a death counter. I think I'm at uh, I, either 16 or 19 deaths. I can't remember. Um, oh it's under 20. So I'm doing better than I thought I would. That's still kind of, still kind of a lot, I guess, uh, compared to, you know, better players i'm not by any means saying i'm i'm a great player at the game but well that's way less doing... than i i definitely i probably would have died that <laughs> amount in the first like boss battle or something so yeah so <laughs> I, i'm doing i that's what i expected to i expected my counter to be much much higher but i still have a lot of game left to play so it's it's only going to keep ticking up but yeah it, it's it is one of the games to own if you have a, a ps5 for sure yeah, I think maybe after Christmas I'll look at uh, my list of games and and see if it's one that I can get because I, I, some family members were asking what I wanted for Christmas this year and so I was saying like PSN uh, gift cards or Amazon gift cards or whatever and so if I get some PSN gift cards I I definitely might put that towards that game because um, yeah I think I've said on the show before I've wanted to get into Souls games but. Uh, it's been a bit of a, I didn't really like the Dark Souls games. I liked the first one a bit, but, uh, yeah, I just, they weren't my cup of tea and Bloodborne, um, 
I, I was more interested in, in that game's environment and tone that it was going for, but it was very challenging and I had a very difficult time <laughs> with it and, and put it down. But uh, yeah, I think that would, with it being on that PlayStation Plus collection, I have it downloaded. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to play some more bug snacks and Valhalla and, and make time for cyberpunk in the next couple of weeks. So once I kind of feel satisfied that I'm giving those games some attention, then maybe I'll check out bloodborne. And if I can uh, push through that game a little bit, then I'll be like, okay, I think I'm ready to, to pull the trigger on demon souls. So awesome. Um, the next game I wanted to talk about is one both of us have played, which is Bug Snacks. We have not had a real opportunity to talk about this game yet since it launched, which is unfortunate because uh, we talked, everyone's talking about Bug Snacks, uh, or at least they were. Uh, but I've seen that the conversation since launch has kind of dropped off a little. I thought it was going to be more well received. I understand kind of now that I played it, why? Um, but I, I, it's sitting in like the mid seventies, I think, uh, I thought this would be more in the eighties in terms of Mm -hmm. its review scores. And I thought it more people would be continuously talking about it, but I think it's just because like it's next gen, right? There's so many other games to play right now. And, you know, that's taking up a lot of the conversation in the industry. So so I talked briefly a little bit about my initial impressions of Bug Snacks because I was able to obtain a code on PlayStation 4 and played about an hour, but I really didn't want to progress any further because I was just like, hey, I just want to play this on PlayStation 5. So uh, I've actually had the opportunity to play it, but I haven't had a lot of time since uh, last week to now to play it. Um, so I'm further than I was on PS4. I think I have about three or four residents back in the town. Um I guess before we we give our impressions on it, because Adam, I know you'll probably have more to talk about it because you're you're further than I am. Um, but basically, Bug Snacks. Uh, some of the developers described it as like their inspirations were like Pokemon Snap, uh, mixed with like Dark Cloud, which is I totally see uh, because you you don't you kind of take pictures of these Bug Snacks in their environments to uh, you're kind of like scanning them. And basically your objective is you're this journalist who's come to this island and um, the leader of this colony, I guess, has gone missing. And so all the people in, in um, what's it called? Uh, Snacks, Snacksburg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Snacksburg have left. And so you're trying to bring everyone back in. And um, in the process, you, you kind of learn about bug snacks, catch different bug snacks. And the gameplay loop is literally getting these people back in. And that's kind of where the Dark Cloud element comes from. I don't know if you ever played Dark Cloud back on the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was there was kind of like a similar thing where uh, you were trying to bring back the residents through because there was something that happened. So I, I see the inspiration behind that. Um, but you scan these bug snacks with like a camera and it shows you how like you can kind of gives hints towards how you can catch them, like things that they might be attracted to. Um, you have like a sauce slinger. It's like the slingshot. So you can sling different sauces that these snacks are attracted to like ketchup or chocolate or hot sauce. And um, yeah, there's just like so many different kinds of bug snacks. I have barely 
seen them all, but I feel like I've, in like the three or four areas I've been in, I've seen so many different types, right? Like they're, they're just all these, um, snacks that are like very punny, right? They'll just call, they'll, they'll be based after a bug, like an ant or a spider or whatever. And then they'll pick like some sort of food that kind of could relate to it. Some of them are a weird stretch that I'm like, man, that one does not fit in as well as like some of the other creative ones did. But yeah, it's very wacky and weird. And uh, it's, yeah, I can understand where like Garrett, he he wasn't able to make the show today, but uh, Garrett wasn't, it wasn't really speaking to him and he wasn't really finding it to be that, that fun of an experience. Um, I personally like it and want to continue on with it, but it's more of that game that I'm not like just dying to see how it ends and, and see where this narrative goes. But it's more of like, Hey, I don't want to go into a deep open world Valhalla. I'm not really feeling like playing anything else. I just want to an hour to kill. I'll throw on some bug snacks. It's a really good game for that. Um, but what are your thoughts on it, Adam? Because I, I've, I've heard bits and pieces of, but you haven't, you've been mostly talking about Demon Souls and Miles Morales and some of these other games that you've been playing. What is your honest opinion on this game? Mm-hmm. Bonger, 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 <laughs> bonger, bonger. Yeah. My thoughts. Oh, exactly. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, bonger got my tongue there. Um, <laughs> Bunger, so the, hands down, is the best bug snack oh, I've yeah. come across. So I far. love Bunger. <laughs> He's like a burger with like curly fry legs and like these fry tusks that kind of just like yeah. literally walks around and says it Bunger, Bunger, Bunger. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so it was a game that I, you know, I, I played like an hour or so at first just to try it out. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really feeling this. This isn't really my jam. And then I kind of. I'm like, you know what? Like, I I beat Miles Morales. It's like, okay, I just I want to play more things on on the PS5 because I got this cool piece of hardware and I just kind of want to keep playing. And uh, I had already platinumed Astrobot at that point too, so it's like, well, you know, by default, I guess I'm playing some Bug Snacks and uh, kind of glad that it worked out that way because the more I played, the more I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I started bringing back, uh, I think I have most of the townsfolk back. I still have a few that I still need to find. And um, I just, I really enjoy the characters a lot. Um, I, I like the dialogue in the game. I like how, you know, it's not like this, this little like kumbaya village. Like there's, you know, people that just genuinely don't like each other and you'll hear them arguing with each yeah. other. And, um you know, so so you're trying to bring them all back, but you're also just trying to keep the peace and, <laughs> and keep everyone uh, in one place and happy and not, you know, destroying each other's stuff and eating their eating their snacks. <laughs> um, but it is also fun, you know, to, to feed them. You know, you, you sort of have like this this dress up element to the game, too, where you can um just sort of mix and match, just turn these creatures into abominations by, <laughs> you know, feeding them a, you know, a, a bunger and then following it up with like a, uh, you know, like a, like a cocktail um, or a pickle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just there, there's a lot of just crazy varieties. Now, some of them will tell you like, okay, we'll, we'll go catch these and give me this very specific bug snack and, you know, very specifically make my left leg turn into whatever thing and 
you know, and the amount of customization kind of depends on, you know, which character, but like you can customize like noses, uh, you know, there's, there's typically like two parts of the arm. So like a lower arm and upper arm and then lower leg and upper leg and, uh, even some teeth. Um, what I, I gave someone some like Oreo teeth. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And there, there's some, there's some interesting combinations and there's some that I've seen. I, I popped into a stream of it the other day. One of the, one of the streamers that I watch and, um, he was talking to someone that just, when I say abomination, like this thing was <laughs> an absolute abomination. I can't oh even God. remember what all they gave, what, what they gave that person, but it's like, oh my God, like, how do you even get it like this? Like, oh, <laughs> So it's a neat little element that they added in there that you can you can customize what these people look like by by feeding them the snacks and um, you know most of them are pretty easy to catch you don't need to do a whole lot to get them some of them do require a little bit more thought or uh, using the different sort of pieces of technology that you you kind of acquire throughout your playthrough to um, you know, using some of them in conjunction to catch catch whatever snack you're trying to get. And, and yeah, like you said, there's such a wide variety, too. Like, I, um, I've been to, to quite a few of the places on the island. Not, not all of them yet, but, yeah, there's a definitely a wide variety. Some of them kind of get reused a little bit, like the, uh, the, the Frider, where it's like a little little cup of fries that kind of looks like a spider mm -hmm. uh in another area that it's just like it's basically the same thing but it's sweet potato fries instead of regular fries and then there's a uh like a uh barbecue bacon version of bunger as opposed to regular bunger 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 um it still said it still says the same bunger lines but mm -hmm. um it's just a little bit different just l shaded a little bit differently so um so some of the variety there is, is sort of reused a little bit, but there's still a lot of unique creatures uh, out there. So <clears throat> I'm starting to unravel a little bit more of the story as I re uh, bring more and more people back to the village. And I will say even the plot is getting more interesting. So it is, it, it, you know, not one of those things like, okay, I, I definitely need, need to know what happens. But it is something that I'm intrigued enough to know what happens to go back to it and, and want to, to keep playing at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I'm really excited to kind of see how the, the story unfolds because I'm still in the process of kind of acquiring residents to get back in town and stuff like that. And I haven't had, like I've already seen some resistance by some of the early residents and um, I, I can see where things are headed. Um, it's because you can pull up your journal or whatever and, and look at the characters and it'll actually show you who they like and who they hate. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm already talking to some characters that I'm aware of, uh, like I'm in the process of bringing them back, but I know that there's been some characters that have mentioned their dislike for them. And so it'll be interesting to see how things unfold, but yeah, I, I, one thing I did want to mention real quick is the game soundtrack is really really solid in my opinion yeah, like yeah good music yeah these like chill like obviously the the bug snacks theme song that was revealed <laughs> was went viral uh rightfully so but uh just the game's music of like the different areas have different kind of music and um they're really like catchy like there was uh one area that 
I just loved, I like I had it on pause menu while I was doing something on my phone and it was just like awesome to listen to. And I went on Spotify hoping that there would be some sort of soundtrack, but I, I at least right now there is just like the theme song on there. I couldn't find any of the other music, mm. but um, I would love just to have that music playing in the background while I'm playing uh, some other games, right? Because it's just, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, kind of lo-fi chill relaxing music with kind of a, a synth vibe to it um yeah really cool so i'm definitely going to play more of it i don't know how much i'll get to it uh in the coming weeks and uh if i'll beat it by the end of the year but it's it doesn't seem like it's that long i think it's like eight to ten hours is kind of what people put it at yeah. do, you, do you know how long you've how many hours you put into it uh, I'm not sure, but I also, um, I, I sort of had a habit of kind of leaving it on and just like looking at my phone mm, and, and right. I was just kind of just listening to the music at that <laughs> yeah. point, like not really on purpose, but it, it just, you know, sort of subconsciously, it was just like, it, it was just nice hearing the music and I'm yeah. just sitting there on my phone, like not even, and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm playing this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there, I, my, my hours I'm sure are, are inflated a little bit because sure. of those times where, you know, I got distracted. Fair enough. I do question those PlayStation play times to some degree. I'm not sure how often they sync because Valhalla, my in-game save says like 15, 16 hours or something like that, which is definitely accurate of how what I would have put it at. Um, but then PlayStation was saying like nine or ten hours or something like that. Um, so I don't know if that was just a matter of like it, it hadn't synced yet and recorded that. And maybe if I checked today, it probably accurately reflects that. Because I felt like it was accurate with Miles and Astro. Um, but for some reason, Valhalla was weird. So anyways, just a thought that came up. Uh, so I want to briefly touch on a couple games and then I'm going to turn it back over to you, uh, to finish us off with whatever Yakuza and, uh, anything else you wanted to mention. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm still playing. Like I said, there's no way I'm going to have it beat before cyberpunk because that's just, it's going to be at least a 60, 70 hour game. As I said, I'm only 16 to 18 hours into it and uh, so far, still really enjoying it. I am seeing more of the map now and really enjoying the different environments um, that they were able to do, uh, which I kind of expected everything to kind of look the same because in Odyssey, although it was this big map that had some diverse locations, a lot of it kind of felt the same. And uh, here you're in England and they've been able to kind of take the different regions of England and kind of show them off a little bit more so you have like rolling hills you have these deep wooded areas um they're uh just like in in real life united kingdom is known to grow wild magic mushrooms um and there is some mushrooms you can eat in the game that actually will take you on a trip uh <laughs> which is kind of cool uh i don't think that's really a spoiler because it's kind of like a side questy type thing um plus like to, to heal yourself there are mushrooms so i experienced that the other night and that was really fun uh so i love that the typical ubisoft kind of weird side quests uh ubisoft has this weird uh 
I guess their developers must just indulge in in psych psychedelic drugs because I swear uh, some previous Assassin's Creed games have had this. Uh, Far Cry games have always had some sort of trippy hallucination drug sequence. Um, so I'm glad to see that that's continuing on even in like medieval England. I thought that was funny. But yeah, the game is honestly like I'm having such a good time with it. And I uh, will finish off by just saying that I, I do see this game making my game of the year list. I don't think it's going to be my game of the year, but I'm liking it more than I expected. I'm liking it a lot more than Odyssey. Odyssey was just way too overwhelming. And this seems manageable. I'm kind of focusing on what I want to do. I'm not being thrown a like a crap ton of side quests. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. I'm enjoying kind of upgrading my settlements. Um, I've reached, I, I thought I kind of knew all the, the buildings you could build in the settlement, but as you kind of like level up the settlement, they'll unlock more things you can build. So you can put in like a brewery or, um, there, what else is there? Uh, there's a bunch of different things in there. There's like a bakery, like there's, there's a whole bunch and some of them actually come with side quests. So it's kind of cool that you kind of like do raids to build up these buildings and then they give you access to supplies, uh, for, for your inventory, whether it's weapons or equipment, uh, or they'll give you quests that will, uh, provide you with loot as a reward and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just really enjoying it. I, will say that for those people that are like, I don't like Assassin's Creed games. Like, if you like open-world third-person action games, like, I, I do think Valhalla is worth checking out. Um, see if you like it. It still is Assassin's Creed game, but they have limited the amount of, like, Assassin's Creed stuff in it, like the, the modern-day world um, of synchronizing into these environments and stuff like that. That is still present, which I don't know why, but it's so like small, like I've only experienced like one moment in 16 hours. So it's not like Assassin's Creed 2 where you finished a big quest and it's going back to like this storyline. It's like I never really cared for that. Um, but I know that that actually is what people like in Assassin's Creed. But yeah, it's just like a Western RPG. And yeah, I think people, if they didn't like, if, if they're, they're skeptical because of the name, like just think of it as a... Western RPG where you're a Viking and you get to it's set in medieval England. Like if that sounds like it's fun to you, it, it's going to be a good time. So really, really like that one. And then a game that I checked out on game pass, which was a series X launch title, uh, but it's also available on game pass on PC, which is Tetris effect connected. And this is basically Tetris effect with some additional modes. Uh, there's a, a multiplayer mode that I haven't actually checked out yet. I'm actually just playing through like the journey campaign mode, which from my understanding is the same mode that was in Tetris effect um, when it was on PlayStation four and PSVR and everything like that. So this game is awesome. I am not a big Tetris fan just because I'm not very good at it. Uh, that's why I never played too much Tetris 99 is just, I could not keep up with these really solid players. Um, but this game is really awesome. Like the soundtrack alone is, is really, really cool. Um, and it's integrated into the gameplay where your 
movements um with where you place the blocks they actually have like a sound effect that kind of sound like a a particular you know instrument to accompany the the rest of the music that's going on behind so it's like reacting to where you're dropping pieces which is really cool um and then when you get to like 10 lines completed the the soundtrack like evolves and changes and builds up and rises a little more so as you kind of progress and get clear more and more lines like the song really builds up and uh the there's these animations that are kind of going on in the background that are obviously reacting to the music but they're also kind of themed so like there's one with where there's like these jellyfish uh these like blue jellyfish that are kind of flowing around uh, there's this kind of like Da Vinci one where instead the Tetris blocks uh, are like made up of like gears kind of. Um, so yeah, if you have Game Pass, like just try this game out. Even if you don't like Tetris, like I'm telling you, like I do not really like to play Tetris casually in any way. But this is a game that like I, since I played it, like I've actively made a choice to go and play that over playing my PS5 just because I had such a fun time with it. So um yeah, check it out. It's totally worth it. Um, and I feel like more people would be talking about it probably if it wasn't just like a a port over to Xbox. Um, there are new additional things to it. But if you played Tetris Effect, you've probably played that campaign. And so you kind of know what I'm talking about. So you, you won't. Plus, you probably don't have an Xbox if you played it on PS. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, it's a really good game. All right, Adam, uh, let's let's finish it off with uh, Yakuza and if you want to mention any other games. Yeah, so uh, Yakuza I, I talked a, a bit about before during the uh, you know Game Awards predictions that we had. I actually don't have a whole lot else to, to, to add to that. Um, and just to kind of echo that it's, it's an amazing game. I'm loving it so far. The, um, it's the the gameplay loop and everything is is reaching me a little bit more away than like the other games did like uh zero and kiwami where i enjoyed the the main story the the sort of campaign of the game but i didn't get involved too much with the side quests or you know some of the the mini games and things that were around whereas in this game like i just i just kind of want to do everything i want to do all the things because it's just the, the gameplay loop is that fun. It's a it's a beautiful game too. I've been playing it on PC. Um, it looks great. The you know the the RPG mechanics like it just kind of takes it to another level. Being able to change job classes with your characters is so cool. Um, and there's just new things that just kind of keep getting added in that just make it even more fun and and uh, just brings in more that that I I want to do and get involved with. So. Uh, you know, I'll just go on to say again that like this is a strong game of the year contender. I I do think that it you know in the game awards stuff. You know, I, I know it's a newer game, so it was it was cutting it close to that deadline. I think if it was out maybe a little sooner, it probably could have you know maybe nudged out Doom Eternal for one of the spots in that discussion. Um, but yeah, great game. The other one I want to talk about here. I've been playing this with uh, Steven a bit, although it's been. Since I started Demon Souls, I don't know that we've played it, but uh, it's a really good game that I think is getting a little bit more hate than it, you know, maybe deserves. Is Godfall? Uh, so we're both we're we're both playing that on PC, though it is available on PS5 as well. 
Um, and it's it, it's a fun game. Like it's not it's not a game that you're going to play for the story. Like there's no big, you know, uh, super awesome narrative. Like it's basically just, you know, there's a bad guy. You need to stop him. He's got some big bosses you need to beat along the way. And, you know, as you do that, there's there's kind of a lot of things to do. There's, I guess, you know, some of the complaints that people have is that there's only three maps, which sounds really bad, but each map has different like subsections to it. So, um, you know, you might just be in kind of like this this pretty wooded area in the map, but then you find this this ruins area and then, it, you know, it's a little bit different and then you find uh, another area that you can go to so there's there's sort of different like little biomes within each map that you can explore and uh the the combat's been really fun we 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 put it on hard um because nor like when you're playing with other people uh normal and easy are just kind of laughable hard occasionally gives us a little bit of trouble but typically between the two of us we still really haven't had much of an issue so i think that might be part of it if you're just if you have it on a lower difficulty and you're just steamrolling i could see how it's maybe not uh maybe not super fun but there's a lot of gear a lot of loot to pick up there's definitely no shortage of that um but the combat is actually a lot of fun i've i've been enjoying the combat immensely it's it's a little it's it's weird because it's basic but it's also kind of complicated at the same time like there's you don't have like these big skill trees with these active abilities that you can set where it's pretty much you unlock the ability to use like two two main abilities and it's going to change depending on what weapon you're using so if you're using a spear it's going to be a little bit different than if you're using a sword or a great sword or dual swords or hammers or you know whatever um so you, you kind of get those and then you, you have some things that you can do with your shield. And then there's sort of uh, other, I guess, kind of skill based things where you can set off the, you know, certain finisher moves and, um, you know, certain things like that. And there there is a, a skill tree of more passive traits and things that kind of affect the the way the combat plays out. But um, it, it's it, again, it's it's mostly all passive stuff. So it's, it's not super complicated, but there does seem, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things mapped to your buttons, which can get, I, I don't, again, I don't want to say it's complicated because it's really not. It's just, there's a lot of things to kind of consider with what you're doing. It's, kind of hard, it's so hard to explain for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but um, again, I think it's getting a little bit more hate than it, than it really deserves. I, Steven had it on his, um, his fantasy critic and I think it gave him a yeah he has a negative 10 it's sitting at a 60 which I honestly I I don't understand that score at all um you know I think they there's sort of like this um you know group mentality where the game was you know being scored poorly by some people and then it's just a dog pile right nobody's really playing the game for themselves to see if they they like it everyone's just kind of ganging up on it I feel like um, you know, and again, it, it doesn't have all the depth in the world, but it is fun enough. The gameplay loop is, uh, enjoyable enough that, you know, I, you know, I want to keep playing. I don't know what end game looks like. I know that, you know, people have drawn comparisons to Anthem, which again, playing through the story of Anthem, like playing through 
the majority of the game of Anthem, I actually really liked. And it's when you hit the end game, that's where it really stalled out and it became an issue. Uh, there was all sorts of problems with the loot, loot drops and progression and things like that. Uh, so I, I don't know if this game suffers the same uh, sort of trappings that, that Anthem had at the end. I don't know what the end game looks like. So, you know, maybe that is something worth being critical over. Um, if there's just not a lot to do after you finish the game, but playing through initially, it's been a lot of fun. Mm. And I think also it's a game that when you're playing with someone that you, if you're playing with friends, you can have up to three people in your group. That also makes it more fun. I don't think I'd be having nearly as much fun with it if I wasn't playing with Steven. Right, right. So, you know, that's a big factor to it. But yeah, I think, you know, if you like those sort of uh, beat em up games, you like uh, heavy, you know, melee focused combat. If you liked the liked Two Human, again, it still kind of reminds me of that game a lot. Um, you know, so if you liked that back on on the 360, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a good pickup. I think it's, you know, if it goes on sale, I think that'd be, you know, if people are are a little too intimidated to get it at full price, especially on PS5 because it is ten bucks more expensive on PS5. You know hopefully maybe if if sales start running people start getting into it a little bit more because uh, i think it's again one of those things if you if you play it it might it might click for you rather than just sort of writing it off because of review scores gotcha yeah it's uh it's definitely had an unfortunate ride so far but uh i guess the biggest tell in terms of like obviously it wasn't like you said, 60, not the, the best score from critics. but I, And I know that I've seen some things on Twitter, but again, those are mostly from people in the industry. I'd love to hear kind of like what the the more casual gamer might think of it. I And I guess like the biggest way we can usually tell from that is, you know, will this get a drastic price drop in a month, right? Like we, we saw, what was it, Avengers? got like more than a 50% price mm-hmm. reduction like a yeah. month after launch or something. We're seeing the same with Watch Dogs Legion. Um, there's several games that go through that, right? Anthem definitely went through that. Um, at Like shortly after it launched, it uh, I think it went on sale pretty quickly and now you can get it for like almost free, right? So yeah, may, who knows? Maybe it's hard it's hard to say it it personally never has really interested me um even like on its reveal it just kind of looked generic to me um i was more excited on it because it was like whoa this is like the first ps5 game we're seeing but uh once we got to some of those previews and some trailers i'm like yeah i just don't think this is my my game that i want to play right now but if it does go on sale i could see myself maybe picking it up to try it out because um Everything I've heard from you sounds like somewhat interesting. And actually, you've sold the game to me more so than, uh, you know, the the preview and review coverage I've seen on it. So, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to see on that one. But uh, I'm glad that you you took the the shot at it. And uh, so, do you? Sorry, do you think you're you're gonna keep plugging along and hopefully finish it off? Or yeah, I I I think I would like to. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a terribly long game yeah um, but it is one of those ones where it's uh, i'll probably wait for steven to to continue yeah. playing fair enough um, just because it'll be more fun that way cool all right well 
that has been what we've been playing. There's lots to catch up on because we have missed two weeks of, of talking about what we've been playing. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to question of the week. So last week's question, actually a couple weeks ago, we, we've skipped it because of the review episodes, but we asked you guys, uh, what has been your favorite next gen game so far? Uh, so friend of the show, Luke Lewis says, Astro's Playroom is the most excited I've been about the PlayStation 5. The use of the DualSense is amazing, and I can't wait to see other developers use this technology, which I totally agree with. Uh, I was able to finish Astro, I think, after a recording last week, because I need to finish off the other levels, and just plugged away. Um, could easily get the Platinum. I'm not sure if I will, just because I got a lot on my plate, but yeah, Astro was... Uh, surprisingly like a lot of fun and just such a great demo of the dual sense bj bernardo says don't know if i can't answer since i haven't got a series sorry don't know if i can answer since i haven't got a series x slash s slash ps5 but tetris effect connected is amazing which i already talked about uh nishan says been really enjoying people stream valhalla and the game's questionable physics regarding a horse running down a mountain mm-hmm. which is so true that game is all like even odyssey has like <laughs> it's pretty funny sometimes the the kind of terrain that the horse can traverse across but that it wouldn't be assassin's creed if you didn't have a, a horse walking up the side of a a 90 degree angle <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that in skyrim <laughs> Uh, and then Steven at Lordly Kings dot <laughs> King S dot says, I have definitely been enjoying Godfall, but that No Man's Sky update is pretty snazzy. So thank you guys so much, Luke, BJ, Nishan, and Steven for responding to the question of the week. We really appreciate the engagement there. Um, we've already talked a lot about the next gen games that we've been playing uh, my favorite so far has been Miles Morales. How about you, Adam? Um, I probably Demon Souls. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, next week's question, or sorry, this week's question that we're answering to, that we will read out your answers next week is: Who do you think will win Game of the Year at the Game Awards? And also, what is the one announcement you're hoping is made at the show? So, kind of a twofer there. So who do you think is going to win that Game of the Year award? And what are you hoping to see in terms of game announcements at the show? So you can respond over on Twitter at GamesAreFunPod where we tweet out the question of the week and we will read your answers there. You can also join our community Discord page by going to invite.gg slash GamesAreFun. We post it on the sub-channel there and uh, facebook.com slash games are fun podcast you can also email us contact at games are fun podcast.com and we'll read all the responses on next week's episode so again thank you guys to responding to the question of the week we got some great responses and we really appreciate the engagement from you guys all right that's going to conclude this episode of games are fun and honestly went a little longer than i expected but uh it was a good catch-up episode, and it was it was fun to kind of look back at all the the games that came out this year and and see all the nominations for the game awards. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people keep up with you? 
You can find me on uh, Twitter and Twitch at AdamPalooza85. And like we talked about at the beginning of the show, would would mean a lot for you all to come hang out with me during those Demon Souls run. Help me make that final push to affiliate. Uh, we're just super, super close right now. And, and the streams just have been uh, so much fun, too. I've been having a blast with them. So hope you all will stop by and check it out. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at LukeAllenArm and then follow me on twitch.tv slash LukeTheLlama. I, I feel like my, my setup is finalized. I got a second monitor. I got a new desk over the weekend. I spent literally Saturday, Sunday getting this whole office like cleaned up and organized. Got rid of a bunch of crap, which felt really great. So I'm like ready to, to get on this stream train. <laughs> um, I tweeted out today actually that... Uh, I, I, I made a poll on what game I should start off with. Obviously, this isn't like the first game I've streamed ever on Twitch, but I'm kind of seeing this as like uh, my reboot of my, my Twitch channel. And going forward, I hope to stream like pretty consistently. So uh, yeah, head over to my Twitter at LukeAllenArmor. I got a tweet going. There's a couple days left because I think I'm going to stream this Thursday which I think is the day this episode's going to launch. So look for me in the evening. Uh, but Black Mesa, which is the Half-Life remake. Um, then we have Resident Evil 3 remake, Halo Master Chief Collection, and Age of Empires 2 or 3 Definitive Edition. Those are kind of like the four games that I got installed and I'm willing to stream. Um, right now, Black Mesa is in the lead with 57% of the vote. Uh, and there's seven votes on there. And then the other three are all tied at 14.3%. So if you're looking for any of those other games, maybe go and vote. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. So make sure you follow us on the social pages for the podcast, Twitter at games are fun pod, facebook.com slash games are fun podcast. And like I said, discord is invite.gg slash games are fun. All right, this has been another episode of the Games Are Fun podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.